What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Warning. May I have your attention. At the sound of the bell, any and all punches, including jabs, hooks, and uppercuts will be legal for 12 continuous rounds. What a flurry by Garcia! Danny Garcia is back to purge the welterweight division. Plus, Jared Hurd returns to strike fear inside the ring. On Showtime. Welcome back. Episode 13, All the Smoke, my brethren. Is, uh, is it 13? Oh, these are, these, mm-hmm. that was a wet one. That was a you wet one? Because I got braids, so I'll be yeah, patting them patting little grease shit. look good, though. Thank you, appreciate it. Hey, 13. I'm excited, man. We got Steph Curry here, man. The chef. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you bro, for bro, your bro, time. Reach over here. Ah, what's up? I've been seeing see you, you walking these LA beaches, and I think Warriors fans <laughs> might get nervous. I've seen that boy posting pictures on the sunset with his wife. I'm, if I'm a Warrior fan, I'm like, oh, shit, he's in LA. Mm, you know what time it is, though. I get a little vacation. How's the hand feeling, man? It's all right. It's uh, it's a little different. I ain't had this one before, um, but surgery, a little rehab, another surgery, some mm. more rehab. But mm-hmm. uh, everything should be back to hundred percent and pretty soon. Just, what I, I'm just chilling. What right. I tell people is they don't understand is even though the season's kind of ugly right now, you guys are resting and you haven't had no rest in five years. Yeah, the run you, you have guys to deal have been with, on. You deal with your reality as it comes, right? So like. Game three, when I was, you know, before before I got hurt, everything was about how we just like make the playoffs and put together the young squad and all that. After coming off a crazy, you use a part mm-hmm. of it, crazy uh, five six year run. So now that I got hurt, it just changed your perspective. Like how do I come back stronger? Look right. at next year and uh, and figure out how we gonna get back to where we're supposed to be. Move forward. We'll touch on yeah. that a little bit later, yeah. but come need rest, dog. Yeah, rest. It's, it's, need it's, rest. Dog. Point blank, it's it was okay. a blessing in disguise in my mind. Yeah. Um, coming from a mid-major, did you ever think that 
Steph Curry would change the face of basketball the way it's played? What you think? <laughs> no, could you ever dream of chance. it? You know what I mean? I mean, you dreamed of it. Right. We all dreamed of playing in the league and, and, and doing amazing stuff, but... I never dreamed of changing the game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I said playing in the league. I dreamed of playing in the league. Yeah. Playing the way that I know how to play the game. Um, when I was at Davidson, man, I was 6'1", 160 pounds when I got there. And I found a coach that believed in me and gave me an opportunity to, you know, just go out and hoop and learn how to... Learned through my mistakes. I had 13 turnovers in my first game at Davidson. And he didn't say nothing. He said, just keep moving, next play mentality, all that type of stuff. So I took that confidence through my college career into the league. And though I was still scrawny when I showed up mm -hmm. <laughs> back in 09, playing Nelly ball, like I, I knew what I was capable of and I just put the work in. I think four years later when uh, – it started hitting all them, all them threes and like pushing the record book in that in that respect and like you know ch changing my range and uh, and just seeing the court a little different. That's when I knew this could be how I could cement myself in the league. And uh, nobody was really like using it as a weapon like the way that I thought I could. Mm -hmm. And it's a confidence thing though. Like you yeah. put the work in, but it's a confidence thing. And uh, yeah, now you got little kids in, in high school Crazy. and middle school and, and younger just jacking up threes and parents and coaches <laughs> getting. I coached yeah, Curry. Man, I coached the kid. It was crazy because, I mean, we had a tournament this past weekend, and, and you know my boys, they've been around. Like, we get out there early, and Isaiah's shooting from behind the three-point like before he <laughs> even dribbles anything. or anything. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, Dad, I'm just getting warm. I'm like, you don't want to start close? He's like, no, I'm good. I was like, oh. You got to listen to the whole story, right? Because, like, when I – that's my pops taught me the, the way to, uh -huh. to, to to work on your game. Like, start on the paint, mm -hmm. get your confidence, see how it goes, work, work your way out. Mm -hmm. Like, I learned that from a right. young age, and so – now everybody sees the finished result right. and they want like they that. The process. And it's they like the it, process yeah. is, is just lost. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully they they understand that. I mean, everybody can, can figure it out. It just right. takes some time. So not very many people, like I said, you've done, you've, you've changed the face of the game coming from a mid-major. You know what I mean? There hasn't been too many guys that have been able to do that. You know, C.J. McCollum, Dame, mm -hmm. uh, Morant. Tell me what that was like, was coming from you. So you weren't really highly recruited. And, you know, you weren't at a, a top college, but we started seeing you come on the scene when you face these big schools mm -hmm. and to be able to take that mid-major game and really translate it and play it in the NBA is, is a huge credit to how hard you had to work. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, coming from a mid-major, it's about who you get to play against and like that competition. Obviously, our conference, we played in the Southern Conference. I bet you couldn't name two other schools in that I conference. I <laughs> like, mm -mm. that's just, that's part of the, the 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 journey. But we, you know, Coach McKillop, who's still there, is like, I think are you still coaching there? 30th ish year. Um, they moved on to the uh, Atlantic 10, so they, they moved up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like when I was there, we played against the Dukes, the Carolinas, mm -hmm. the NC States, came out here, played UCLA, and got exposed and understood what it took to be at that level right. once we got to the tournament, uh, what it was going to take to win. Um, my freshman year, I was thrown into the fire. Mm -hmm. I was playing like 37 minutes a game at the two spot. We had a, another point guard, Jason Richards, who I, uh, was two years older than me and was like our, our best player at the time and was like the, the, the steady guy, the steady hand. I got to learn from him. That next year, my sophomore year, um, kind of just took off. We had guys that knew their role. Everybody, you know, came selfless, did what they supposed to do. We were two and six in the first like 
what eight games and 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 playing those teams I was talking about, and we took that, learned from it, put it in our back pocket, got to the tournament, and then we started beating everybody. And so, uh, it's just a, a confidence that you got to know, like that you can play with the best. It's not you get labeled that mm-hmm. you know mid major, right. D one, whatever. That's just you know just the history of it. Right. There's, there's not going to talk about what we're about to do this year True. and whatever. And so you got like you said, you know, Dame, CJ. Ja, you can name them. There's there's guys that just want an opportunity to play, and they they got the talent, they got the skill, they got that killer instinct. And now you know more and more guys are showing it in the league. Too. It's funny you mentioned confidence because the four, the three other guys you named besides yourself, they all carry themselves with high confidence. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of probably like that, that chip on my shoulder. Like I don't give a fuck that I came <laughs> exactly. from a mid major. I'm still a killer out here. Exactly. When I was with the Warriors, yeah, yeah. When you when you came, what were we like when you you know in your eyes, what were we like when you came there? Mm. Before when I when you got drafted, I got there. Yeah, when you got drafted, you know what was crazy. Like? I didn't know much about that specific team. I knew about you. I knew about Monte. And I knew about Andres. That's it. Corey Maggetti too. Yeah, I knew about y'all four. I forgot Corey. Was yeah, there. Corey was there. So yeah. I, I knew about y'all four. I, I mean, I watched. Was it two years before? Mm-hmm. Uh, all you and Matt uh, and the we, we believe situation. Right, yeah. I knew how like that pride around. If you said that word, those two words together, like. <laughs> <laughs> People would just be like, yeah, like beaming, right? So yeah. I knew about that, but um, I kind of when I got drafted, it's kind of funny thinking back. I was I wanted to go to New York mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. thought I was going to New York. I was in the draft in the green room, like, uh, oh, I'll get to the eighth spot, in New York, and get me. And I got the call from Larry Riley, like, all right, we're going, we're going to pick you in the seventh spot. Was it dry? A little bit, cause him and him bit. and him He's and uh, <laughs> him and Donnie, they straight to it. Cause I remember when he when uh, when no, Nelly no cut sugarcoating, he ain't she straight to it. Straight Man, Jack, to it. Uh, you don't want to be here. I'm gonna send you the shot, all right? <laughs> Stay in touch, kid. <laughs> to the point. I just open my room. I'm half sleep. That's all I get. That's it. No, I but I knew like it was coming off of like a re- restructure where we believe was was a lot, and then the guys were going elsewhere and playing. So, I mean, I knew we weren't gonna be that good, but. Um, I, I got to you know work my way into the starting lineup and all that, and mm-hmm. and as as a rookie, it's kind of hard when you don't know what you don't know, but you just work on worried about just hooping and playing and being around guys. The one thing that made me most comfortable is our guy Anthony Morrow, who yeah. I grew up in Charlotte hey, with him. And when I got drafted, I knew he was uh, he had played the, the, the yeah. previous year, was going trying to make his way back onto the team. Like that made me just hyped. I know right. somebody right. I grew up with. I used to play with in high school. I, I followed his journey. Like let me get close to him and and, and enjoy this ride and, and learn. You know, mm-hmm. as I went through. But I was uh, kind of upset cool. with you though, because why you, why you couldn't pull me to the side and tell me this was going to be the outcome? <laughs> I, I was going to say because I heard Jeff why, talk why, about... you, why you couldn't pull me like OG? Don't get OG. traded. I got something in store. <laughs> Just give me some time. I can say you, you're going to be seeing this a lot. They're going to be making songs about me and all kind of shit. Just stay calm. Yeah. I wish you could have pulled me to the side. I heard bro. Jack tell that story because you know he's like I left. He's like I just said no. Steph was going to be Steph. So was Jack like an asshole back then? Because Jack was an asshole if he didn't really Jack, know you and fuck with Jack you. Jack was an asshole, but he he when you had when you with him he and you, he I'm with you. you. He oh, he's going to ride. There's no I, question. I think I had that. But he's still so. an asshole. But yeah. <laughs> I'm but you need that, right? Yeah. You need that. That was funny to me because I heard him tell the story. He's like, man, I wish I would just would have known Steph was going to be Steph. Oh I would have just nah, chilled. So my, bling, bling, fa- bling, bling. I got, I got a, my favorite stack story. Uh, it's probably like two weeks before you got traded. Mm. And we were on a road trip in Indiana. And we went, there's like seven of us went to, uh, I think it was a steakhouse right down the street from the hotel. <laughs> the day before, 
somebody had started like rumblings about like your trade rumors and you know this and that, and you were you were unhappy and like people in the locker room were unhappy and like media taking over doing what they do. <laughs> And I remember sitting at the dinner table and you called up this reporter and cussed him out so bad for writing some untruthful uh, article. And I'm sitting there like, uh, <laughs> this is how we do it? Okay, this is how we do it. That's what the NBA's like, like, right? We didn't have a show yet. So, I didn't have an outlet, dude. I, I couldn't I control was, the narrative, so I had to call the motherfucker. Crying, hey, Steph's man. like, this is how the NBA works? If you don't like what like, I have to cuss like that at one point, too? <laughs> <laughs> I was crying, but that just told me like he like when, when he know what he know and he's passionate about something, he gonna let you know. So that that's that was a, that was one of my favorite memories, that's man. That's classic. <laughs> what was playing with Monte like? Man, it was exciting. I think the the hard part of how people kind of see us was they talk about the first thing they talk about with me and him is what he said uh, at training camp my rookie year. Like, yeah, y'all can play together. Two young guards can't play together, and and this and that. And that was kind of how our relationship. Um, you know, started, but he, the way that uh, his talent and just the way that he had that mindset, like no matter what was going on with the team, like give me the ball, I'm about to get y'all a bucket. And, we know. And he did. <laughs> and he did that. We he know. Was, he, he was unbelievable. And I think, um, you know, Monte doesn't get enough credit in terms of just his journey, you know, coming from high school. And y'all know him when he was like young. Yeah, I, I, got the, I got the, you mm-hmm. know, the, the vet version. But, you got the season, Monte. Yeah, he he had a, a lot thrown on him as a young guy from a leadership perspective, you know, with this team that didn't really have an identity. Um, they had expectations of what y'all left, you mm-hmm. know, with the We Believe team and all that. And, and uh, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect in the sense of, like, uh, anything. But when he, he called me my second year, and I, I was playing terrible for, like, two weeks straight. And he called me after practice one day and uh, – and just kind of gave me some good words of encouragement, and like nobody, so, you don't have to do that. Yeah, real. Nobody has yeah. to do that, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. especially with um, to people trying to have y'all in competition. Right, like there's a threat between both of us, and this and that, and the storylines and all that. Like he didn't, he didn't care. It was just about like how can we hoop and, and get better together and get to know each other. And he called me out the blue. That's what's up. He was like, "Yo, just let me know. Like you feeling pressure? You, mm-hmm. Like you dealing with expectations? I'm dealing with the same stuff. Like." And we couldn't be further different from our journeys to get to the league, but right. you know that was a good connection. Thread, so, right. um, like that's why I was uh, I love Monte for, yeah, for, shout for out that, Monte. and good dude. and uh, that's why I wanted to rep. Uh, I think I got I rep mm-hmm. the with the with the jerseys last mm-hmm. year. I yeah. wore it to Oracle. Mm-hmm. Like I had to make sure they knew how much uh, I appreciated that's him for sure. Yes, sir. Young Tony, <laughs> Mississippi Bullet, right? Yeah, Mississippi Bullet. <laughs> Tell me what it was like building with Clay. And then Draymond coming along because you guys are kind of like the, the core, the three amigos of, of of what started it and and how you guys were homegrown through the draft. I mean, it's a different story than like today's league, right? But um, it was it was wild to think with when Mon- when they traded Monte after you know, during Clay's rookie year, and that was kind of the sign that we were moving into the future. And uh, Draymond comes in second round pick, the steal of the draft. Um, Did you know him before that? No, I didn't know Draymond. Okay. Untamed Gorilla, he came out just <laughs> biting, just <laughs> wow, just hungry, dog. But I don't know if y'all remember. So like that first that their uh, Clay second year, Draymond's rookie year, we we're playing against Denver in uh, the first round of playoffs, and you know David Lee, oh my guys, he gets hurt in the first game, and it was like the perfect opportunity for Draymond to showcase 
just what he's about as a winner, right? Mm -hmm. Like his Michigan State, you know, journey. Obviously, shout out to him. Just got a jersey retired. Shout out Draymond for Um, that, for sure. It was always that line, like, Draymond's a guy that nothing's going to show up in the stat sheet, but he's going to make winning plays, and he it's going to show if you going to pass the eye test every single time. And for a rookie to step in like that with that confidence and, you know, your first playoff experience and make a difference a you know, as a vet goes, you know, goes down, like, the rest was history after that. And we just took those, that experience. Obviously, Clay, he's just so one of a kind, man. Yeah. Like, low maintenance, low key, cool can blend in with anybody. Um knows his role is competitive as hell just and and he can shoot like he has the whole the whole uh the whole package in terms of just how he's uh <clears throat> helped us win championships and and i know he's gonna come back strong after this acl situation but for us to be the young guys at one point now we, you're the oldest player everything. on the team right? i'm the oldest player on the team Draymond's, uh, i'll be 32 next in a couple months mm-hmm. Draymond Clay, we got, you know, hopefully a good three, four year window right. to go back at it together. Like it's 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 crazy to think about yeah, for sure. That's dope. Are you and Clay the best shooting combo ever? <clears throat> I know you don't for like to sure. talk about yeah, For I sure. God damn, you better say that. Yeah, I've been mad if you say hesitate. something else. I'd wait until the show like, bro, next time somebody asks you questions, you better fuck yeah, we are. I love it. Yeah, I believe I it. it. Everybody better believe it. For sure. Mark what was that Mark Jackson said that. Uh, that same year, actually. early, yeah, early. He early. was an early, early champion of it, but um, yeah, I mean, we still that's like thing. We still got more to accomplish. I got a lot but, to do, yeah. yeah, but definitely. But I've yes. seen, you know, playing, playing, getting a chance to play with you guys in, in the seventeen season, always competing against you. When I see you guys in, in practice and how hard you shoot and in, in the workouts you go through, and you guys really don't miss. Like you guys are real life shoes. I tell when people like when I say like. That shot was lucky. Steph took. I was like, now nah, Steph's practice that shot every single day after practice. Like, tell me what that's like. You said you mentioned it earlier. Like, people only see the finished three point mad mm-hmm. range process, but you some of the workouts you and KD were doing, and then Clay was on his court doing his thing. Like, it was some of the most unbelievable shit I've ever seen. When you're around greatness like that, it just continues to motivate you and encourage you because you don't want to be the dude that that's not continuing getting better. Um, and so, like, we all push each other, whether we talked about it or mm-hmm. not. It's just like a presence thing. Like, mm-hmm. when KD walks on the court, when I walk on the court, Clay walks on the court, Draymond with, uh, you know, with his his mindset and his passion, like, it's just contagious. And everybody kind of just up, wants to one-up the ante a little bit. And so, like, you said it with Clay, um, we don't even shoot together mm-hmm. really that often. We're on the, se- we're on the same court. Obviously, goals, but, but you always, can feel it. All, you can feel the all, energy and looking, looking at each other. Yeah. No, there's no oh, I seen you guys because, like, I went there and I was someone who always just shot after practice. But there's a whole line to fucking shoot after practice and go and stay. Like everyone, Andre had his court, Dre mm-hmm. had his court, you and Katie had a court, Clay had a court. But it was amazing because even though you guys were in your own rhythm and motion, I can sense that you're kind of still. You know, I mean, like you said, you want to improve and you want to look. Okay, well, shit, Clay just rolled off this many. I want right. to make. You know what I mean? So it was dope to just sit back and see. You know, the finished product is championships, but the preparation was amazing to watch. ice the Nets when they finished. <laughs> Eric, Cow- oh, Eric Cousin, he had to switch him up a lot. But no, nah, shout out E. Oh my man, we gotta have E on, man. We gotta have E. That would be an amazing episode. I love he has some stories. He's the man. Shout out Eric Housen, man. What is he still the head head equipment or is he resonated? He's not. His titles changed. Okay, he deserves whatever he got. Everything. Shout out E, man. I can call E right now. Anything I need, great dude. From any team, though, not just the Warriors. I feel you. You know somebody at every team that he got to plug with. He is. He's a special one, man. Learning shooting from your dad early on, you know, you've seen me and you've been great to my kids. I, I want to bring them around and have that experience. 
being your dad's shadow early on and, and learning shooting early on, is that what kind of got you into the game, obviously? For sure. I mean, just anytime you watch your, your pops do something, if you're having a relationship, blessed that I got to be uh, to see it, you know. Mm -hmm. When I was like six or seven, or he retired when I was 13. So for the majority of his career, I got to watch, and my brother did too. You just, you got to love the game yourself, but just being around and watching it, you pick up stuff. It just made me want to work harder. When I was 13, I decided I was just going to play only basketball. I got rid of the other sports, like that work ethic, and just how to like be a true professional in the, in the sense of every day, there's something that you can you can pick up. I used to not only watch him, but all his teammates, same way your kids now. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's such a cool right. and unbelievable experience to think back, like what all the things that I did see. And who you and were around. Me, yeah, just, helped me to get there. So Just he, real quick, yeah, go ahead. My, my pops was never like the guy that was like, we're going to go to the gym right now, we're right. going to work out. And like he always made sure me and my brother wanted yeah. wanted it for ourselves. Yeah. He's going to help provide you know opportunities and give us anything if we ask him questions. But it was never like that drill sergeant type. Like, right. You gotta do this. You that gotta ain't do your that. dad, though. Yeah, yeah. His, his personality ain't drill, yeah. so he laid back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool in the fan. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one on one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, that was a cool thing being with this team. But, you know, my last handful of years in the league, I went from, you know, Chris Paul, Blake, mm -hmm. and, and, and DeAndre. Um, they actually, they got tripped trip right before that. They were around Kobe in the locker room, around Lob City in the locker room. And then I came to you guys, and, and, and Coach Kerr was amazing, you know, as far as just allowing access to families and, and, and the organization taking care of everything you need so you just focus on basketball. But I was bringing the Twins you know, on the team planes Weren't during the ball playoffs. Boys one trip ball boys. Remember they shot? Yeah. They were shooting with you guys. We were in the Eastern or Western Conference Finals against Houston, and they were over there shooting That's on the court during practice with <laughs> you guys. Like it's kind of shit that like you can't make up. You know what I mean? And I wanted. To, it's cool that you remember.
remember that and hold on to that because that's the, the kind of experience I was trying to give them. Like you were around Steph Curry, KD, Clay, Draymond, For Kobe. Sure. I mean, you soaked that up like a sponge as a child, and it, it's something that it's dope that you recall it now because that's what what I was trying to build for my kids. So yeah. I know that you hang yeah, out. So that. It shapes your perspective too, and obviously as a dad. Um, that can go the opposite way where you get a sense of entitlement mm -hmm. because you have access right. to all this stuff. But knowing you, knowing my dad, mm -hmm. like they weren't gonna let that happen. No. Clay is the same way. Like yeah. with, my, with, with Michael, like you can you know show your kids these cool experiences and let them meet amazing people and and have them around because you want to share that with them. But it's also on the back end. Like my pops always said, you're gonna work for whatever you got. It's nothing's gonna be given to you and. That was a message that he made sure. He say he's cool as a fan, but he he makes sure I knew that part. Like, yeah. right. um, you gonna work for whatever you got, just like he What's did up? coming up. No, no matter who your parents are, at the yeah. end of the day, like you got to figure it out for yourself. Right. So that's what's up. You had Mark Jackson, and you transitioned to Steve Kerr. Talk about that. Mark, well, they're very similar in the sense that they're super competitive, and they they both obviously come from their playing backgrounds where they know what it's like to be a player. They know whatever, what you go through on a daily basis. They know how to communicate. They know, you know, just the the little touch, you know, points that you need to have mm -hmm. um, having been in our shoes. Only a player would know. Only a player would know. Right. So the, the biggest difference is for Mark, we were young and we were unproven and he had to create an identity and create an edge for us that you know gave us the confidence to walk on the floor saying we can be any team any given night and he's an unbelievable motivator in terms of just the way that he can you know articulate himself and, and give you some some type of fuel on a nightly basis like he would come in, in the locker room uh, and he he wouldn't we talk about X's and game plans but then he spent like five minutes just talking about life mm -hmm. and like the perspective of you know how much you know what, what makes us all different while we're all in the locker room together what we about to go out here on the, and he'd bring it around some like you know pretty funny serious sometimes story that just made you like your blood start boiling like alright oh we, should, we got a game tonight too let's mm -hmm. go like let's go for young guys like, like like we were at the time like we needed all that edge and that competitiveness and that and a guy that would go to war for you in the media in the locker room sometimes it was to a detriment a little bit for upstairs like we were all just uh, we were just grinding, trying to get to that next level, and he helped us. Uh, mm -hmm. He helped us get there. And there's no secret I didn't want him fired when when it when it went down. And, right. Um, you know, with Bob Myers and, and Joe Lake and Peter Gruber, they wanted to make a decision, and and they brought in Steve. And, and my my whole point was like, if you fire Coach Kerr, I mean fire uh, Coach Jackson. You just got to get the next hire right because we're in a position now where yeah, we can I'm, take that I'm next right hire. Yeah. You can't mess it up and. And obviously they they got it right. You know, Coach Kerr right. is uh, he's special, man. Like he's he's wise. You know, just in terms of you know how to how to manage people. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's a big thing in the league. No matter if it's mm. the first guy, or the fifteenth guy, you got to be able to be honest, be able to set expectations, um, and figure out <clears throat> your ways to get the best out of out of guys. And I think anybody that would play for him would tell you, you always know like where you're at. Mm -hmm. Like you always know, you, if you if you get a couple of DMPs, he's gonna tell you why. He's gonna keep you engaged. He's not just gonna walk by you and not say nothing. And we we've had experiences like mm -hmm. like that across the board. And I think that's the biggest thing for long term success. Like you know who your best players are. You know that they're gonna go out and do what they need to do every night. But 
you know, the role players and the guys that are going to help you throughout the regular season right. and have those spot moments during the playoffs that's going to make a difference. Like, they got to be engaged all year long. And it starts in the summertime, the training camp, and all the way through. And coaches is, is the best at just being able to paint a picture of how you're going to help this team. And, and it, it, it being real, like, you feel that care factor that he that he brings and uh it's been an amazing journey he's obviously had the best five-year run of a, of a coach in, in he, history he, he's a great motivator too I, I won a championship with him when, this was, when mm -hmm. I was with the Spurs and I remember I used to come out the game a lot you know when Pop used to pull me for making the mistakes and uh, I remember in the finals you know I didn't start I didn't start game six off uh, well at all and uh, Pop kept pulling me but he, he kept coming to me like you gonna make some big shots I guarantee you, and he kept telling me that, and you know, I guess Kerwood, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerwood, and I, I wasn't, you know, I was in the funk, so I really wasn't hearing him. I ended up making three big threes in the, game, in the championship game to win the championship. So he's one of them guys that he's so educated, so smart about the game that he can see shit that you don't even yeah, see. Hundred percent. And yeah. the cool thing about it too is he's had every seat in almost in yes, in and one at every seat, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. So you're talking about like Chicago to San Antonio winning championships to being the GM of the Phoenix Suns and yeah. seeing what it's like to really manage a roster. And then you go, he's an analyst where he gets to just see the game and talk to people and just be connected in the league. Then he's a head coach and it's like, he's got it. So this year is actually interesting because we obviously have a you know young team and trying to figure it out and, and it's testing him in different ways that uh, over the last five years right. he hasn't been testing him, tested in uh, I mean, he's handling it, man. It's, it's obviously our record is, is not great, but um, all the young guys, when you ask them like, Stay how engaged. do you like Coach Kerr, like, yeah. and you hear what they have to say about him and how they make him feel, mm -hmm. like amidst the struggles that they're going through, it's uh, that, that says that says a lot. He don't have a problem with the flower either. I don't think. No, nah, he's someone that yeah, enjoys I think, the. Yeah, I think I he think enjoys the. Well, I remember when I was playing, he had the the spine stuff, right? Yeah. So I remember yeah, that's when he was kind of dabbling in the CBD space because it was sad. I remember because I was hurt in the playoffs too. He couldn't sit like if he could sit for two minutes, then he'd have to lay, then he'd have to walk mm -hmm. around, then he would try to sit. Like his pain was Damn. enormously through the roof. So it was one time. It's kind of awkward though because head coach and player current this is my last season you know not knowing but it was my last season i was just like you know do you do you smoke do you take cbd i mean i'm asking my coach that just because i'm seeing like the how uncomfortable and how how uh, how in pain he is and he you know I, i've tried this and i've tried that and it was it was just hard because he's such a good guy but he was really going through some shit with that yeah, yeah, uh, that yeah, spinal yeah, stuff he was going through it's crazy how long did it take for you guys to bond? You know what I mean? Like I said, you you were a big advocate for Mark Jackson. Mm -hmm. You didn't want him fired, but you were persistent on making sure it's the right hire. Once you kind of realized that he was the right hire, how long did it take you guys to bond? I said that first that first year, like leading up to to Christmas game, um, that's probably the point where I got comfortable understanding you know, how I was going to help or how I was going to take advantage of the system that he put in place because it was drastically different than, than, than Coach Jackson. So um, <laughs> we always laughed. He, you know, talking about ball movement, um, you know, player movement, you know, just making the right open pass, keep it, keep the ball moving. Something's going to something's gonna lead to a good shot at some point. Um, it, and we had certain, like, reads and calls, very similar to the Spurs uh, mm -hmm. system. Yep. And... He always say like you know this this is it's pretty intuitive what we're trying to do, uh, but you know we just got to get the fundamentals and the foundations of it for this year and then next year you know when we really got it and everybody understands where to be and when you know and the timing of everything like we really gonna take off. But it's like funny because that first year we won the, we won the championship, and every day it was about just keeping things simple, right? And as a point guard, that's 
that's a, I love, I love that. it because my game I try to keep things simple like take the first open shot your handles ain't simple <laughs> far from it your handles are not simple beyond that you know, <laughs> if it's if you open from 30 shoot it if yeah. not move it get off get off the ball get out the way somebody else make a play we obviously we're blessed with a lot of different playmakers mm -hmm. you know you got myself sean mm -hmm. andre draymond coming, mm -hmm. uh from the top of key play we had bigs that could pass with bogut um and all that so like it, it worked because of our personnel but that's just a fun way to play basketball right, yeah. um and it's obviously proved success but when you know, like everybody feels involved, and like they know who to get you the ball to it. if they need to. But, but they all like, touch. They all everybody touch touches. It. Everybody that's looking important. at the rim, being a threat. Don't nobody know who about to shoot. Right, and, and like, that's what makes you so dangerous. Yeah, because everyone is one. Because I caught both ends of you guys. Obviously, kind of we were. I wouldn't even say big brother, but kind of you are our, the, the Lob City team yeah. was kind of your battle and your barometer from the, the the time we beat you guys until you guys winning the championship the next year. So we mm -hmm. saw the Mark Jackson building that foundation and I'll be like oh these young motherfuckers are about to be nice and Draymond because I remember we had CP and he was the guy and Draymond's like fuck that I'm taking Steph Curry every single night and he was doing some fucked up shit to our team like stepping on Chris's shoe making him fall hitting jumpers <laughs> yeah, I saw that. he stepped yeah. on his shoe <laughs> and then the one time in Golden State where you went in between our the whole that's, team that's, at the free throw came out and turn around shot and then when Curry was like and <laughs> yeah, he yeah. made it it was probably one of the most unbelievable shots he I don't even you dribbled around down free throw line back turn around fade three pointer like all kinds of crazy dribbling in between now just like this dude's a man like you that can't a, do nothing with time, him though. Like, that was a dope that, series that series was so much energy but that's what? when we knew like I knew being a basketball mind I was like these motherfuckers got next and it's gonna be next for a minute mm -hmm. and it, it, was it was amazing like I said we were still competitive and wanted to kick your guys' asses but we can see what you guys are building and how special you guys were that last year I mean that, that series I think was when all the Sterling the shit Dallas happened Sterling stuff, that was the yeah. Sterling shit that happened it's kind of crazy like you talk about two teams that this is to be honest, they hated each other. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of animosity and history and all that. We get into a, a seven game series. Then you got all the other mm -hmm. NBA drama going right. on. And we're like having conversations in With the back. Like, hey, all right, if, play, if yeah. they don't make the right, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to protest? Are we going to you know, walk off the court? Like, what you, what you, what you would have done if they would have decided not to play? We had a we had conversations like if they would have done the wrong thing in terms of not kicking them out the league and having a you know lifetime ban or whatever. There's talks about us going to jump ball, let the jump ball, we all shake hands and just walk off the floor. That would have been so hard. Part of me, that. I ain't going Oh, that, that would have been so dope. <laughs> Part that. of me. That would have been crazy. We, we should have did it anyway. <laughs> when you think about his place in history and what it would have been, right? That shit would have been dope as hell. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Man. But it was, that was a crazy series. I definitely like when we, when we we lost and we mm -hmm. were sitting there watching on the next round. But it it definitely helped us. That next but I season. think too, and I can say this because I think people know, like it was a perfect sign of we had the most talent in the NBA. Mm -hmm. They were a young team that had a ton of talent too. But what set them aside is they really fucked with each other and their yeah. chemistry made them better than us. You know, even though at the time we were older, bigger, stronger, we had more talent, we should have probably won a finals. Like you could tell this team was up and coming, but they really, they put, I, I, from the outside looking in, once I got there and I saw the whole situation with KD and how you guys really put your game, your egos, everything to the side, but from the outside looking in early on, I'm like, these guys just want to win. They don't care who scores, what's going on. Like they're just out here playing basketball, laughing, jumping and having a good time. And those mm -hmm. are scary teams. <laughs> That's part of our DNA, man, and I think that's why it worked. Because if you have that much talent right. and you you stress out about whatever, like somebody else's success, or if you get in yours and all that, like 
you gotta set that foundation early right. before it gets out, get, gets out yeah. of hand, and that's that's why we we accomplished what we did, man. Winning the championship is always good. You got a couple of them, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Three. That's yeah. Crazy. Which, is it the favorite one? The first one for sure. First one's the favorite. Just why? Because you don't know what like what it takes to get there until you actually accomplish it, mm -hmm. and it's just a whole other level level of freedom after that. And you got one. Yeah. Like we can get greedy now. Yeah. <laughs> but the stress right. of trying to get that one. <laughs> was, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> that first one. Like yes. even that's that's a stressful time. Like even I mean, you playing Braun and, and obviously they had injuries and, and whatnot, but just like the just the grind. Eighty two games, you gotta be locked in every Plus night. sixteen. Plus sixteen wins. We took us twenty one or twenty two, whatever it was, to get there. Mm-hmm. And you know how intense in playoff games are, man. We Each all, brown. It, it's, mm -hmm. like, it's so hard to put in the words, but when you finally hit a horn sound we in Cleveland, like, celebrating, changes off. Like, all right, this, who knows what's about to happen from here. You know what's dope go. when they went back and played next year? <laughs> he Jay said he say, smelled it. You said uh, it? He said it. Oh, yeah. He said it. Lockwood still smell yeah, like champagne. Zeph got, got a little bit of asshole shit talking to him, but he just covers it up with the good image. Yeah. But that shit was slick as fuck. Like, that was still smell like shit. I was like, oh, he's an asshole. <laughs> that shit was funny as a motherfucker, boy. That was dope. You had, a, I mean, you had three championships. Uh, you know, the, the, the two losses. Yeah. One of the, like, you know, how close you were to possibly winning four or five without injury last season. Like, tell me what that's like. I just love being in that conversation, man. Every year, if you're in the finals, like, as crazy as it sounds, not many people have get that experience. You know, some some all-time greats. Never touched. Never mm. played in the finals or never won. So, like, I, I there's a sense of gratitude for that. Obviously, as a competitor, it sucks when you lose. Like, everybody mm -hmm. knows that. 16 was hard. 16 was... Uh, you know, just an up and down, crazy, you know, playoff run. Obviously, seven, three, and nine. Then we get into the playoffs, I get hurt, uh, miss like three weeks of the playoffs, come back. We we get to Western Conference Finals, we're down 3 1. Like, people think our season's over with. Come we back. come back. Yeah. So we were on both yeah. sides of a 3 1 mm -hmm. situation. And then the finals, obviously, you know, I think the wheels just fell off. And Kyrie and LeBron played unbelievable for yeah. three straight games. Like nah. I don't think people talk about that part of it right. as much. It's always like, oh, we all what did suck. You do? Nah, trash. they was on one. They, they was, was on one. Like yeah. we got beat. Man. Like we didn't lose. We got beat. Right. So part of it is is just like each story is each year has a different like narrative and and experience. And I look back like I I, I appreciate each each and every one of them because one you remember who you went to war with and. You know, those wins were special, but even the losses, like, you got to put into perspective, man. We were in the finals. Mm -hmm. like, bam, 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 bam. You lost bam, two great players, too. Yeah, and it was, yeah. It, it was a fight. Like, I think at the end of the day, when we all, you know, hosting our own podcast, mm -hmm. down, down, like, and I look yeah. across the room and I see Bron and Kyrie and, mm -hmm. and Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, like, I'm yeah. like, yo, that was fun as hell, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's crazy, right? Like, y'all so beat us. It was, fun. It was mad Let fun, that but. stay away as long as possible. Enjoy this shit because it goes <laughs> yeah. by like this. Yes. Uh, you touched on it real quick, and I think what gets lost in the shuffle is that 73 and 9 season. Like, mm -hmm. what was that like knowing that you guys were some Xbox shit? Crazy. <laughs> it was like, you know seemed like the season the Throughout, you hear Pippen talking a little bit, and then former Bulls talking, and they're not going to be able to do it. And you guys went 73 and 9, and but then you hear, oh, well, they didn't win the chance. Like, you know, I think what gets lost is 
you guys lost nine games in one. <laughs> that's incredible. That's unbelievable. Though. What I, was that? What, what, what was the regular season? And that drained you guys. People don't understand. That's a mental drain too. That's not just say, a physical yeah. drain. What's that mental drain? So like? I think it started in the summer. Between so we won the championship in fifteen, all season happens and all we hear all year is we got lucky, right? That's all literally all we hear is Cleveland was hurt, Mike Conley was hurt, like whatever the narrative was. And we don't care. We won a championship. Right. So all we want to do coming in next year is like you know, let prove them know it. who validate, right? We start off twenty four and zero. So like that part of it alone was That's like it. that was I 20, forgot about that yeah, part. Yeah, that part Damn. was the craziest thing in the world just because we had OD confidence. We had chemistry, like you said, um, and like I, the chains was off. We were just like, let's just go, let's just go win every single game, and you know, to go twenty four and zero, like the intensity of that to start a season is, it was worth it. But mm-hmm. it, it was a lot, and you know, the the just the chase down the stretch. Every game was like the finals, and we would have been celebrating right there. <laughs> that would have been enough for well, us. Champagne, twenty four and zero. Let's go, baby. Short term, short term goals. Everybody's like, do we regret going after 73 wins because we may have flamed out in the last, in the finals? No. Like, that was an amazing accomplishment. We knew we could do that and go, you know, win another ring. And we were right there, obviously. So uh, it is bittersweet. You look at the banner and it says 73 9, most wins in the league. And it does remind you of the finals. Mm -hmm. But everybody thought 72 9 was untouchable. And we got it. So and that's the beauty of the league. Like, it just keeps getting better and better. So we'll see. Tell me your thoughts on, because today is such a, you know, join another team or big trade, but you, the, the the root of your team was through the draft. And then that it positioned you to be able to pick up KD mm-hmm. and free agent. Tell me about that whole process. I mean, I'm not the best one to ask because I've been with the same team for 11 years, but it's like the landscape is different, right? There's a lot more player movement, player freedom, and and that's a great thing to have where, you know, you can control your own destiny in a sense. Like um, there's been plenty of teams that have thought that, you know, their big two, big three was going to get it done, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm, right. And you got to take a shot at it. You got to go after Every year is precious. We mm-hmm. all know that. And so – I, I love the the I guess you call it the suspense of it. Like every summer, like all right, how drastic is the league? Differently, is the league gonna look next year? And this summer was crazy, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna get even crazier as we go through. So there is something pure about, like you said, me, Clay, Draymond, setting the tone and building an identity for a team that then made it make sense for Katie to be, you know mm-hmm. be in a situation where he wants to join. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's like he knows what we're about, and he could take us to another level. And so. To be able to build that the way we did, and and have the uh, the memories that we do, and then now be on the other side of it and say, okay, keep that same identity, that same you know championship mentality. Let's go mm-hmm. for another window. Be playing against teams that's going to be shuffling and doing a lot of you know changing throughout this throughout throughout the summer. So it, it's it's fun to watch. I know for NBA fans, it's going it. to be amazing. It's Just, a year around. You know, that's what continues to make the thing. That's another <laughs> business grow. But, Hopefully I can. You know, I don't. I don't want to move nowhere. So right. hopefully you don't have to worry about that. The bay is that, but, good, man. Yeah. The bay is good. I love the beaches. The beaches down here. Are it nice, is nice, <laughs> but the bay is good. It's different. Tell me what it was like when 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 it finally happened. When you, when you guys signed KD, was there a back and forth talk? Did you know? Were you a part of it? Like, tell me what it was like when you landed him. Yeah, we went out. We went out there to the Hamptons and uh, we met with him. And part of it was, again, kind of what I just said. Like, 
we knew who we were as a, as a unit and knew what, what kind of person he was and, and, and obviously his skill set as I'm matching. So it makes sense. Let's go let's go get this dude. A lot of people were talking about me coming off the MVP year and, and the sacrifice and all that type of stuff. Like it's about winning. Like obviously that does go through your mind, like, oh, I might not have twenty two shots this year. I might be like nineteen and some change and, and play a different style. But for the most part, it wasn't really that drastic of, of a change. You know, we know how we're gonna get our shots and everybody has a different style. Nobody really stepped on each other's toes and so mm-hmm. it made sense. Um I didn't know until he called me the morning of his decision. I was in Hawaii, actually, so the time difference was all messed up. I was asleep, and I woke up to, like, 78 text messages and calls. Like, yo. <laughs> right, like, goddamn. And he was, you know, I hit him back, and just that's – that was the start of, of three great years um, that uh, we'll remember for a very long time. And all the all the stuff that uh, that's hap- that happened last year and, and, uh, and obviously the unfortunate injuries and all that type of stuff is a tough ending to an amazing right. you know time period you know being for the warriors uh, but man we got two ships almost got three right. like it's a hell of a run tell me what it was like because like I said you guys had your identity and knew who you were as a ball club and knew each other like the back of your hand tell me what kind of sacrifice it took from you know like you said you're coming off a as you you had the unanimous MVP mm-hmm. the previous year right first time in history Clay is being Clay Draymond's a fucking dog so tell me what it was like when you get someone with his caliber and then how everyone it, it seemed I wasn't there at the beginning I got a taste of it but it's seamless from the beginning like everyone checked their egos and checked you know the most important thing was winning yeah the egos were checked for sure I say that but Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we all got to keep our egos. Yeah, right. That's we, what like, yeah, you. We yeah. Right. Who we are. If, right. we, if we all have our best version of ourselves, like mm-hmm. yeah, we selfless, can't. maybe is a better word. That's a good. Yeah, I like that. So that was that was that was known from the jump. Um, on the court, like X's and O's, and just the style. I said it wasn't a big adjustment for me, but I had to make the biggest adjustment in terms of. You know, Draymond was such an amazing playmaker, and we had an offense where we could get him the ball, and uh, guys were just moving around, setting screens for each other. Somebody's going to get open, and he's going to make the pass. K can play in that style. He can also just get the ball anywhere he wants to, he wants. and one-on-one, and get good luck way. stopping him. Clay, same thing. All he needs is this much daylight, and he's Not so even good. that much. Yes, yeah, true. He's so good moving out the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, all he needs is just a touch, and it's going up. My pick and roll stuff, which I was kind of the bread and butter of you know the, the two years prior and MVP years and all that, wasn't that many opportunities because that was like the fourth option in terms of you know us getting a good shot because we were all threats on the floor. Mm-hmm. So that first like two three months um, was just a, a subtle adjustment in terms of for me just knowing you know when I was going to be able to dominate in certain stretches of the game and like how we could balance all of that. And once we figured that out, mm. uh, we had a good run. K got hurt actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like February. That's when I came. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a crazy story because two guys got jerseys for like a half. That was day. crazy, right? People <laughs> don't even know that. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, thankfully, we got the right guy, and uh, we went on a little run when mm-hmm. you came. Um, K was out, and that helped everybody understand like this. This this system's gonna work. K is gonna come back healthy. We're gonna hit the ground running for the playoffs, and we went sixteen and one in the in the in the in the playoffs and won. So, uh, just the 
a collection of guys that just wanted to hoop and play basketball at the highest level and didn't care how it was going to get done. We were just going, we were going to make it happen, and uh, we we did. I like I said, I was blessed to be able to come in and, and watch you guys and, and be a part of that. But what I saw from the outside looking in is when I got a chance to be on the inside, and then after I was on the outside again, did you guys ever feel? Actually, speak for yourself. It always seemed like the media tried to make it KD and the Warriors. Did you guys feel that? Definitely felt that, and that was. I mean, anytime you have greatness, they're going to try to break it. One way to try to find some way to Mm -hmm. to just uh, get their foot in the door. So yeah, it was always like the draft, the drafted guys, plus you know the hired assassin KD. Oh, unfair, whatever. It was never this. It was always the Warriors and KD. I mean. As unfortunate as that narrative is, it, it couldn't have been further from the truth oh, of how, how we you guys did. felt. And right. So, like, that's the hard part when you when you're at the top. Like, it's a daily reminder you have to come in with the right perspective because one one bullshit. person slips or one rumor narrative cements itself in the, in your head. Like, we were on spotlight yeah. all the time, man. Yeah. Like, I don't think people appreciate that part of it. Like, our the lives were on approach, spotlight right. every single day. Well, it was crazy, too, because when I came in, like you said, we went on a cool little run. And, like, yeah. not because of me. It was just because of what that team was. We know was. that. <laughs> right. right. You, 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 Obvious. <laughs> fuck. Obvious. Is a, is well, a, what I was trying is to a say. Pig, is a pig pussy pork. <laughs> that came out wrong. So, is a pig pussy pork. No, you had nothing to do with it. Out of here. Uh, my the record was good though. What I meant to say was way to not contribute in the playoffs. I didn't do shit. That's why I don't even count that championship ring. We'll get into that later. But I appreciate I appreciate the free ride. What I meant to say was we went on a hell of a run when KD was out. But you would hear those rumors like, Damn, "Look how good they're doing without him." And I'm just like, "Damn, people really talk like this, not knowing." Are you done laughing? I did, I'm okay. listening. Dog. Appreciate. You. <laughs> People not knowing like how good he is, but like they say, they'll see the team doing what they're doing and, and you know staying on that consistent pace. And you start hearing like, oh well, they don't even need. Like, and I'm just like, it's damn, so that's stupid, insane. Bro. Like, do you not realize how motherfucking good this guy is? He's silly, dog. <laughs> oh, I'm good now, dog. You sick? You bro. finally had a moment on me. I'm happy. No, I'm for just you. saying, you sick? No, yeah. you, you sick? It came, out, I it, with came, you. it came out wrong. You say this motherfucker see, it's a pig pussy pork. That's how. That's how blatantly obvious it was. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. 
Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. One thing before we transition, man, I wanted to touch on is it explain, <laughs> oh, e- explain Draymond to people oh, who don't know Draymond. Because uh, oh, I think he's one of the most misunderstood people. He is got a good heart but sometimes it comes off the wrong way and it's sometimes it's problemful sometimes it's what's needed explain who he is in your words. first the first way i explain him is that draymond the basketball player is not draymond the person no question right so like we all know draymond the person nicest dude caring dude he always checking in on you uh he's loyal like same way everything about him like off the court is somebody you want like mm-hmm around you want somebody in your camp like like Draymond on the court same way when he comes with that passion comes you know a lot of volatility in terms of you know it could it galvanize us as a team make sure you know we got a lot of nice guys those finesse mm-hmm. games on myself included like you need that fire like somebody that's mm-hmm. that bulldog and sometimes he'll admit the same thing like sometimes um, it does get in his way because it might distract from just playing basketball. But over the course of whatever the nine seasons we've been playing together, I'm taking that no, every right. single day yeah. of the week. Good and the bad. And so, and the and the bad is just an opportunity to learn, right? Like that's right. that's I, that that narrative is kind of tough because his transgressions are just exposed on the court, like, mm-hmm. and the guy that he was what you know first championship run whatever is not the same dude and he's evolved and learning like we all have it's just you know he he wears everything on the sleeve and so everybody gets to have that journey with him almost he's like the dad out there now like he's he, you and clay are you know, know rehabbing resting and draymond's <laughs> out there playing like you know 20 something minutes a game i talked to him here and here and there and it's just he's just a good dude man mm-hmm. he takes everything in stride and, t- and has you don't understand how intelligent he is, and, yeah, and, and crazy, his basketball man. mind is, is second to none. It's it is. I, I think Andre said it like he's a, his IQ is is the best he's ever seen, and and either it comes out with him trying to make an adjustment, or it comes out in what he says to a certain person at a certain time to get them to do what he wants them to do to help the team win. Um, him understanding his own game and how he's going to be the most uh, effective out there every single night. Him knowing every single player in this league and knowing mm-hmm. every tendency you have, Dude's every crazy. pet move. He would understand, man. He's, his mind is sick. Draymond's <laughs> mind is sick. So, yeah, that's my, that's my guy. So what do you like to do now that, you know, you're down for a while? You you haven't had this as a professional. Like, yeah. you're, you know, an extended amount of time down. Like, what, do you, what, what are you doing right now? The, the crazy part is, like, I have three kids, seven, four, and one. And the first like three weeks that I was hurt, I was just going like a stay-at-home dad, like mm-hmm. I, doing all the stuff that I've always wanted to do, like take them to school, you know, pick them up, 
go to all the extracurricular activities. My daughter's on horseback riding, you know, playing soccer, like just being at every event without an excuse that I got to go somewhere or I got to be on a road mm -hmm. trip and stuff. It was uncomfortable because I was still in that competitive mindset and I didn't really know how to, you know, use my free time because everything was centered around, you know, <laughs> practice or pre-practice routines, practice, post-practice recovery and get ready for game days and travel and all that type of stuff. So when all that's taken away, it's kind of an uncomfortable, like, you know, reality for a little bit. But now, um, knowing I've still got, you know, months to, to get back and get healthy, um, trying to lean into stuff I got all off the court a little bit. Obviously, as a, as a teammate, um, I haven't been at the games because I've been down here, you know, with surgery and rehab, but still got to be, you know, president and leader and help these guys, you know, develop because this is going to help set us up right. for, for years mm -hmm. to come. But um, in terms of balancing the stuff that I have on and off the court, it's another opportunity to just kind of get your mind right and, and personally just get uh, a perspective on, you know, what's important. And for me, like, I got a lot of cool opportunities off the court, man, mm -hmm. like doing some stuff on the production uh, side down here uh, with my company, Unanimous, who's doing stuff with Sony. Y'all know I love to play golf, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of opportunities in the golf business that uh, hopefully I can influence and inspire. Uh, can you talk, to one of the stuff, talk yeah. about some of the stuff you're doing? Because you're doing some amazing stuff that I think you got highlighted, but people don't understand what you're doing. Can you explain to what you're doing at the colleges and stuff? Yeah, so like in the golf space, um, <clears throat> I've been playing since I was 10. And, you know, it's a predominantly male, white male dominant sport. And it's expensive to play and it's really hard to get in. And so I'm um, trying to grow the game um, to underrepresented communities. Where there's a lot of talent. They just need the opportunity to be able to get out there and understand what, you know, you know, how to play and, and gets that support so that they can compete. And so, because that provides so many opportunities in, in, in this day and age. And so part of that was like um, Howard University had a uh, Division One golf team like way, way back and they lost funding. Um, there's a lot of HBCUs that have a golf program, but Howard didn't. And so part of uh you know my aim to grow the game and get some exposure around it was to try to bring the division one golf program back and so i sponsored uh the team that's going to start next year uh it's going to be division one golf program um we're going to have three or two scholarship um golfers both two men two women uh to start the first team and uh, and hopefully be able to set up an endowment uh, over the next six years where that's going to be something that's going to be around forever. So uh, it's exciting, man, because, you know, I think not many people know how, how great of a game it is, it's one, but, it's fun. Uh, but two, just how many opportunities you can have. You can go to school and play golf and get an education, especially like a place like Howard. Like, that's mm -hmm. for the rest of your life, and you can use golf just like we use basketball exactly. as, a, as a vehicle to do it. So it's pretty cool. Your dad said once that if you didn't play basketball, you probably could have went pro in golf. That's how he said that. I I, I kind of believe it because of <laughs> how, hard, kinda believe how, it. how hard I work at basketball. Like if I right. wasn't playing, you I would put that same thing. But I always like hesitate to say it because I respect respect what it the, takes those to get those, I've seen them play and just it's just another level, man. And for me to just go out and wild out and say, yeah, I, I could be a professional golfer. Like, no I wish deal. somebody would say, I could be a professional NBA player and bust yeah. you. <laughs> like, right. no, you couldn't. Right. So, but I think, uh, like I said, I was playing for a long time. I love the game. I'm, I'm, I'm a golf junkie, golf nerd. It's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed. That's what's up. 
Just being on the sideline, you know, watching, I know it sucks. I mean, we all been hurt. We've all been on the sideline. I've been able to play. But watching your team go through what they're going through right now and not being out there to lead, you know, what that's like? What is that like? Like, is that it's frustrating? It's a little uncomfortable and frustrating. Yes. Um, like, when you're, in the, when you're in the fight and in that, like, in, in the run that we are, it's, it's hard to separate yourself and really, like, be okay with, okay, this might not be our year. Like, that's a really hard thing to, to accept. Um, but it's all a part, like history in NBA, like nobody's had a run like we've had. Right. And if you look like the Spurs teams in the past, like they never they never won back to back. Right. But they had a seventeen year run where they <clears> were just <throat> dominant and uh and they were able to figure it out over time and put different pieces together yep. with their core and that's kinda like what we have an opportunity to do now going into, you know, next year and beyond. So uh Yes, yeah, that's the best way. It's still, it's still kind of still new. Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's uh, it's comfortable yet, but there is an understanding of just where we are, balancing you know these last five years and what's what's to come. But then you got plus, you got pluses on the team. Pascal Baller is good to he see him do his guys, thing. Man. He can play, man. He, he's he's athletic too. He and he he's that dude. Like just the confidence because of just. How hard he works, but you can't teach that. Right. You can't. Like, you gotta be born with you it. You gotta be born with it. You gotta be able to step on the floor and have that that presence and like demand like I'm here. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely shown that. Uh, we Kyle Bowman, who uh, is our two way player, Damian Lee, our two way player. They both have uh, promising futures in the league, and hopefully we can keep him around. Um, you know, a lot of guys that just like my rookie year, just thrown in the fire, learn on the court. Like, mm-hmm. and part of the the conversation with those guys is, I think that's the we all know that's the much better way to learn, as opposed Being to most rookies mix, right? just get camped on the bench mm-hmm. or in the in the G League and and have to uh, to learn by watching. Right. Um, I'd rather have this experience, and experience for them, the that's gonna be mm-hmm. that's gonna be huge for them down the road. Tell me what it was like. It's kind of a two part. You uh, on the way. Uh, Leaving Oracle, what that was like, but then the, the the jersey run you had, kind of representing our old squad. Man, salute! Yeah, that was dope. Man, I saw you know, that was big, as the OG girl. of the team and like the, the only man. one that uh, yeah from from the, from '09 and you know it's my tenth year in the league and so it's a cool opportunity. I called it ten for ten in the town. Ten in the town. So uh, I had my my Curry Sixes. I had a whole colorway slate that was kind of highlighted stories of. Um, of my my journey throughout you know those ten years and my connection to Oakland and our fan base over there, and it was a cool opportunity to just honor that the last forty seven years playing in Oracle because of how much you know history there is how Oakland was ride or die fan base yeah. insane we, good we, bad they're nuts. everything and uh, and so like part of that the last like five home games uh, I picked five people to kind of honor them and their presence with you know uh with for dub nation with the old school jerseys and all that so um this was it uh stack i was first bd monte andres bedrins that was dope and, goose uh, goose shout out yeah, goose. goose wherever you're at goose <laughs> you're somewhere getting drunk i know right now everybody but sh- love goose. shout you what's out what's up black what's up yeah. black oh yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> good dude man great what's up, dude black? But uh, so it was a cool opportunity just to just highlight it, man, because we were everybody knew we were moving to to Chase Center and 
I mean, whether you, whether you liked it or not, it was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, but we appreciated it, man. That was, was big. Cool. That was man. dope. That was. Dope, I had Jack. Dog. I was like, "Yo, Steph's wearing your jersey." <laughs> I couldn't believe I had <laughs> to post it on my social media. Then I seen Draymond wearing mine. I'm like, "Like these yeah. dudes fuck with us." They yeah. fuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy because we had the Fillmore Five. That's what we was thinking. Fillmore we, we, were, we were in the streets of San Francisco doing shit we shouldn't do while we were just playing. <laughs> I love that. And then you got, and then you that. you guys were the Hampton Five. You guys were a little more studious, but yeah. it was dope yeah. because y'all were way smarter than we were. But when I got a chance to play, you know, like I said, I briefly got a chance to come back and play with you guys like the love out there for that team and what we had built was crazy mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then you were huge and and always honoring our team and then i remember the year we, we i won a championship you guys in 17 like you wore the we believe warm-up shirt so mm -hmm. you guys you guys always showed love and it it was kind of of a symbol what oakland in the bay area was 100%. like as a whole because they always paid homage like it, it was crazy the love they showed and those fans how much they appreciated. like it. i said i won a championship with san antonio but the Warriors organization is the only team that make me feel like family. Yeah. Every year they bring me back, make me feel like make me feel like they appreciate what I've done in my time there. And yeah. that's the only team that done it in my career. That's crazy, man. That's great. So, so shout out to Warriors, man. <laughs> Keep holding us down. And they got pictures. They got some pictures of us up in the new. Yeah, you seen the new the new yeah, uh, yeah, Paris yeah. City? Yeah. It's it's a whole journey, but like the we believe and in our um and then our championship run. That's dope. That's, that's the that dominates the scene. So we got to go check it out though. We got to. <laughs> Last thing on Oracle, what was your most fondest memory or best game that comes to mind um, there? Uh, I mean, I think most probably 2017 winning the uh, the finals there and celebrating with all the fans. Like we we had been waiting a whole year to have that because we had two opportunities to do it the year before and and got beat. And then the next year we got it done. You know, celebrate. Where'd y'all y'all win at home or home? we went at home? Yeah, game six like, at home. Nothing... Our, our game six was that night was insane. Did, when, when they won it. That's how I was celebrating at the house. <laughs> I felt like I felt like we won. <laughs> you too. There? I'm a warrior, bro. Yeah, yeah. I am a warrior. I'm sorry. Yeah. So like just watching the clock run down, just seeing all our fans stick around. The confetti was dropping. They put the stage down. Like all our families are out, out there, and you just celebrating a championship, but you in your home venue. Like for the town, yeah. For the town, though. That I wanted crazy. to just wear my jersey out of there. I ain't wearing. <laughs> Yeah, on, on, some Ron, on some Ron Artest shit. Hey, you couldn't tell my kids they weren't on the team. They right. were holding, trying to hold Steph's trophy, trying to hold the MVP. Like, they were in the mix of kids. Some people hit me up like, yo, your sons are all over ESPN. Like, they were up front. Like, you would have thought they were Steph kids. But like, we got to salute you as a dad on, for getting them both 100%. rings. Like, oh, yeah, like, nine like, years old. But what I'm saying, like, we got to salute you for that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Dad, it. we got to give you your props. We don't give you flowers I, while you're still here. I did as much as they did in, in the playoff run, but I appreciate that. Yeah, your sons probably played more than you. That's what I just said. I did up more than I you did too. as much as the twin. I was hurt though. <laughs> that was the fucked up part though, because I finally get a chance. Like my whole thing is, I took less money to win, and I finally yeah. in a situation where I can win, so that I come in because KD gets hurt. You know, play well, and then the game KD comes back, like I almost break my ankle. So I'm thinking, all right, fuck, I gotta hurry up and get this ankle. He all want to play as a champ, I'm gonna win a championship. So for me, like, and when I tell people the story in the seven with the 17 stuff, I don't really count the ring because I was someone who always, you know, I had to get out the mud. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I wasn't out here fighting with these guys. I was in and out. Patrick of the lineup. He Counting all three of his, <laughs> you better count them, motherfuckers. But it's different. It's different. You're going you know the what same figure, you yeah. shine the same. Nah. Your name is on that roster. I think Ray when they still say got NBA mine. champions, when they introduce me and you on shit, they say two NBA champions. <laughs> Fuck out of here. That shit count. Nah, I don't want to hear that shit. I think Ray still got mine. I got I to track Ray down and, and, and get my ring because I left it at the thing because I 
Wait, time. what? What's this? So when they came and introduced it to me, they had locked it up before. Uh, they locked it up oh, during Ray the game Ray, for me. Ray uh, had it. If Ray got it. Ray got it. It's still it's it's our sound. Who is Ray? No, That's Ray. Ray. <laughs> There's only one Raven over there. We know who Raven is. Ray from Oakland. Yeah, he got it locked out. You got to lock down. Transitioning, um, meeting your wife at 15 and yeah. having a public relationship. We had D. Wade and we spoke to D. Wade, uh, you know, about a public uh, relationship. And, and your wife is obviously blazing her own path. But tell me what that's like. You know, obviously a, a childhood love that's transitioned into a, a beautiful marriage with a family mm-hmm. and kind of the prototypical, like, this is like the new family. The, the Currys are, you know, a, a power movement. Tell me what I that's like. I said it. Which is wild to say because I'm just living my life, man. man you like know you that, saw that. I know. You know you saw that on Instagram. Better get your Aisha Curry. <laughs> Better get your Aisha Curry. I know you saw that all over Instagram. I know right. they had to feel good. I, was like, I got me one, man. Like, no. yeah. You got the one. <laughs> you got the one. Uh, the one. Yeah. But uh, it's weird. It's wild because like I was talking about as as, as my, my dad, my mom, how they raised us. Her her parents the same. Like there's always perspective, right? And I grew up in the NBA, but I was just a kid, man, and I had. Uh, a really cool child experience. Like 15, I meet Aisha. We don't, we aren't dating in high school, but um, you know, we talk a little bit. And fast forward, what four years? Um, I'm out in, in LA at the ESPYS because uh, we just made our tournament run. And I'm, me and my, this is me and my dad flying from Charlotte. I'd never been to LA before. Hmm. Uh, out here for the ESPYS, and I was like, I remember, I remember Aisha. I remember she moved out here because she was out here pursuing acting. So she had graduated from high school and came right out here to pursue acting, but we weren't talking at all. So I hit her up and I was like, hey, I'm out in LA, like chilling, oh. whatever. Like, you got to show me around because I ain't never been out here before. So we reconnected then. And like a couple months later, she had moved back to Charlotte and I'm still at Davidson, which is like 30, mu- 30 minutes away. So we got to kind of keep it going. Um, and from there, like, we were just two kids just enjoying life together and not really knowing what was about to happen. Um, and when I get to the league, like again, I'm just living my life, and as 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 the the, the spotlight starts to grow and all that, you're dealt with uh, judgments and mm-hmm. the expectations, and right. everybody just wants to know every step you take and all that stuff. And it's kind of uncomfortable at times because, as humans, you react to stuff like stuff that's said about you, no, no, especially and, your family, yeah, right. your family and all that type of stuff, and and the person to me is like want to take it in stride, and like you don't want to react to everything because you'll lose your mind, right. Um, but you want to protect the integrity of y'all's relationship. It, it, we started, you know, way back when. So it's an ever-changing kind of thing for us because uh, even as you, you you bring kids in this world, like how are you going to raise them with this spotlight as well and keep their mind in the right direction right. and give them perspective and give them a chance to have a, a quote-unquote normal childhood and stuff. So a lot of responsibilities, but uh, God don't make no mistakes, man. And right. for me and, and her, like, uh, I think we we appreciate the ability to inspire and impact people because of our relationship. Like that's, if we can do it, like we're not perfect. Right. We got ups and downs and there's going to be, you know, challenges and like every other relationship in this, in this, in this world. But, um, if we can kind of persevere through all that stuff, man, we can be an inspiration and expectation really for like dope. what it means to, to, to find somebody you want to share life with. And I don't want to get too sappy, but like, that's real. It's real. It's real, right? And it's so, rare too, yeah. especially in our profession, you know? So I think it's dope. The example you guys said, it's amazing. So I'm trying to figure it out. You're, it took me forever to find them. But you did. I, mean, I finally found them. <laughs> Eight kids hey, later. Tammy. Seven. Hey, Tammy. Seven. Seven kids later. Yeah. You're still a good dude though. Thank you. Yeah. Judge yeah. you. Uh, you're a very proud father. You know, your daughters are your world. When you finally got that little boy. Damn, man. Wow. Tell me what that's like, man. 
He is something he's else. What, I'm a little he? beige he's motherfucker. Seven. He is. He, he, he's a lighter skin. Is that what you say? <laughs> Another beige one. Come out shooting from hell. He's going to come out shooting from hell. His name court. is Cannon. What I, you gave the, I gave him that Cannon. Right, you already know. He got, it, he got it locked and loaded in the diaper right now. Cannon. In the diaper. In the diaper, you got it locked and loaded. He's 17 months, man. He's he's unbelievable. Uh, named him after my, my granddad. So it's Cannon Wardell Jack. That was my, my granddad's That's name. Dope. And so... Uh, he's the first real boy in, in either side, uh, first boy grandbaby. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's he's spoiled rotten, uh, but he's unbelievable. And it's kind of cool to see our old two older girls like it not just be about them anymore. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, they all over him too, though, huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> Low key, I feel like I just met him. <laughs> my wife, my wife was holding hostage the whole first year. Now mm-hmm. the girls got a hold of him. Yeah. Like Cannon, I'm over here, man. I'm your like, dad. What's up? We kind of look alike. <laughs> when, he, when, when he get five and get yeah. the dribble in that ball, yeah, that's your daddy gonna take over. Just be patient. Told him. Um, yeah, he, he's he's unbelievable. So yeah, we're gonna be blessed. Seven, four, and one. Like I said, there's amazing ages right now. Mm-hmm. Like, coming into their little personality. It's so, dope. Uh, I'm enjoying it, man. And it's like crazy thing. Just to, like you know, like you said, taking your kids to the game. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I got to take my son. Sit him on the bench, and my dad was there next to him, and like just thinking Dope. about like that used to be me, man. Hell That's, yeah, that, that part of it awesome. still is crazy. Still well, touch crazy. on your girls too, because off camera you told us that they designed these shoes right here. Put them yeah, up on man. the table. How Jack, Jack be putting his Jordans up on the table? <laughs> tell us, tell us about yeah, this man. inspiration through the girls. Yeah, so I uh, I gave uh, I gave Riley. She's seven now. I gave her and her sister Ryan, who's four, the CAD drawings to the you know these shoes. It's probably what. A year ago, so these were just in the makings, and told her, "You just go. Daddy's gonna make a new shoe, but I want you to design it." And so, so you should see the, the focus on her face. Like, <laughs> I can imagine. What? All right, I mean, you gonna wear Riley's intense. She's intense, bro. She when you put a task in front of her, she she took the took the drawing, got her crayons out, and just went to work. And uh, I told her to make like a bunch of different options and then bring me what her favorite one was. So don't like stick to the first one. Like just let right. the, let it flow. So I, we went through this whole process, man. She she did it and in uh, UA put it together. That's what's up. Got the Riley specials, the giraffes. The Riley he asked those cheetah girls. Like she just started watching it. Uh, oh, okay. Got, it's crazy now. We got to bring back all old shows. Like mm-hmm. the shows we used to grow up on. I was, I'm not saying I grew up on cheetah girls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's another so time. Like, bring yeah. uh, like showing up. Like we watched Home Alone the first mm-hmm. one. We just watched that the other day, night. Like, the fam. They're like, what is this? Who is this yeah. movie? But they loved it though. Loved the it. Sandlot. Yeah, all, all, those, the, all yeah. the classics, right? Yeah. So that's, we get to relive our childhood a little bit too. Tell me what is, I mean, think about it while we're talking about shoes. Mid major out of Davidson. And it's then you time. come out, change the face of the game, and you got your own shoe. Like, tell me what kind of dream in this run has been like for you. Like, you're, you know, you're the light skinned assassin. Like, you changed you did what AI done. the NBA. Did you believe that? Can you believe that? You did nah, what AI man, done to I, the game. I, I, I can't because I, I grew up watching them. And um, like I remember the first pair of signature shoes I had, I had some shocks. Like, besides the Jordans, I had some shocks. And that was the ones I used to rock in the games all the time in high school. And, like, thinking about uh being in a position where I'm on my seventh going on eighth shoe Dope. and uh representing a brand like like UA and, and a team and changing the game like all that type of stuff it's just crazy cuz I don't think you ever have time to like stop I don't know if I should like you don't have time to stop and just think about it all put mm-hmm. it in perspective cuz you're still on that chase you're and, in the moment uh, it's it's crazy man the, the coolest part is like when you walking down the street somewhere and you see 
uh, you know, somebody rocking your kicks. Mm-hmm. And like, you, know, I just want to know, like, mm-hmm. like, the why, like, oh, why you connect with it, or why you want to rock them. Like, I know they uh, hopefully they make you shoot better, but yeah. it's like that part of people connect to see your story and want to rock your gear. Right, that's crazy. I heard uh, I was listening to this podcast the other day. You can get like what two parodies for that. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Come on with him. We was talking about the shoes. I said you probably get probably what two, three parodies. <laughs> I was talking shit. <laughs> you get, that let you know. That let you know. Hey, he's bro. a fan. That we appreciate you, bro. That's a good one. But that's a funny story. I remember with the, you know I've been talking about the twins so much because they really fuck with you. But I remember yeah. when I was playing for the Clippers and it was career day. And uh-huh. one twin came you out with my me, jersey, and one twin came out with Steph's jersey. He's like, Dad, I'm sorry. And people are like, oh, he doesn't like I was like, I can't be made like Steph. What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> right. come on, man. It's Steph. You know what I mean? So I think it's dope to be able to, like I said, what what, what you mean to this next generation is, is really, man. Like I said, we talk about the game you change, but like I coach the, 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 the next generation, and you're the guy. You know what That's I mean? Crazy. Like I said, it, it's handling and, and learning how to shoot, you know, man. So it's really hats off to really what you've been able to accomplish up to this point, although the stories still, you know, plenty pl- plenty more to, to write. You've been able to do a lot in, in this space, man, and we appreciate you. As- AI said, they asked AI his top five players that. of all time. He said That's your name. That- I, you know what's funny? I have that saved on my phone. Because that that's that's so that's so like much I talk love. to Chuck all the time. We that's tell each other you so love each other like love, ten bro. times through the conversation. But like for him it's, to it's say crazy. that, it's crazy, right? Like I'm never gonna. Get, I'm never, <laughs> I ain't ever gonna have a big head where you like that dude who I I, I, I yeah picked up right. a lot of the game and inspiration from that he's now looking at my game like yo he's my one of my favorite PG like that's. For him to say that, Shaq the same way. Yeah, like he says so much love for me as well. And in the spirit of times where you know, like some OGs, they they don't want to relinquish the nah. The a lot of them be hating. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them be hating. Just to be, keep it real, they yeah. be hating. And that part of it, like when you hit, see the guys actually, like the same way we respect the mm-hmm. OGs, like we want it both ways. Mm-hmm. And so, like when you do hear that, that that means that means something, man. Mm-hmm. For sure, That's for sure. What's up, man? Um, I heard a rumor that your mom finds you a hundred dollars for every three turnovers. Is that true? <laughs> it was any any tur- yeah three turnovers. I had to give her a hundred dollars, and, and so she got a lot of handbags. Let's put it. Mm. Uh, throwing, I throwing them crazy, and she be up there like yes. she be yelling at me, but she be mad happy at the same time. She's coming too. into. I need twenty eight hundred. <laughs> I need Steph three more turnovers tonight, and I'm gonna get this back. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sports be over there with my my assistant turnover ratio. She's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it too. She didn't see. Exactly. She didn't see enough stat sheets in her day. Yeah. Trust me. Explain your, your your relationship with Nipsey. Obviously, you know he was someone I looked up to, admired, got to uh, befriend and mm-hmm. come close to. You know, to us, he's a legend. He's on the wall. Tell us what your relationship was like with. with, with Nipsey. I talked to J Rock today, so he said, "What up, too?" Tell him I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I got to know him the year before he passed, and uh, he came on my five minutes from home show. Took time out of his day, came up to the bay, you know, we hopped in the back of the sprinter and like part of that film is usually only takes like an hour to get, you know, the footage and you have a good conversation, all that. Like I I feel like I was talking to him for way longer than that just because of how real he was and his perspective on life and mm-hmm. like the way he talked about his daughter and and raising her and, and his relationship with Lauren, like all that type of stuff was just real. And obviously his music, you know, stands for itself, but mm-hmm. um you have God in the spotlight that 
you know, has a story and has a journey and is able to turn that into inspiration, you know, beyond any, probably anything he imagined. But the way that he carries himself speaks about more than Man. anything that he does right. mm -hmm. and the work that he does in the, in the community and all that type of stuff that, you know, his legacy is going to live on forever. Um, but it's just like I, I was, it shook me because I just, I literally just met him. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you appreciate people like that that have an impact on mm -hmm. you. Um, but I'm sure it was yeah. somewhere you felt like you knew him forever because 100%. that's how open, real, and raw he is. It's it, like it's exactly. I watched that episode. I've watched it probably five or six times since since uh, wow. since we did it because there's so many gems in there from mm -hmm. him in Got terms of just, all yeah, all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that he he speaks, it's, he's approachable. Like you, he takes you on a journey too. Like mm -hmm. he, you can tell, like the authentic, it's authentic, and mm -hmm. and that that part of his is uh, is special. So you know, to his family and all that. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I know everybody has their back and. And uh, the legacy he leaves, we we all have to carry it, right? Yep. In, our, in our own, you know, special, unique way. So, with honor, TMC, rest 100%. in peace, Nip. We saw that you attended uh, Kanye's Sunday service. What I was did. that like? Please tell me what that was like. I'm, I, I <laughs> absolutely please. loved it, bro. Really, like, the Sunday service is for. I don't. I don't. Let's put it this way. I don't care somebody's past. You know what they stand for. Like you can not agree with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and any or everything that they say, uh, but when they come in, and I think it's when they come in and represent Jesus, and they talk and, and everything that they do, and the music and the vibe and the spirit that they, that you feel in that place, like mm -hmm. it, it was, it did something to me, like yeah. in terms of, you know, that what two and a half hour, uh, you know, experience, and so um, I'm rooting for him, man. Like I'm mm -hmm. rooting for him in terms of what he's doing, the journey that he's on. Um, you know, if 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 he can change, or you believe that that, that that's can. possible, then anybody can. Mm -hmm. That's and I'm not going to discredit you know right. my God in that in that respect. And so, and so I, I was I was curious about because I, I I heard so many people going and and just you know the the choir or the collective is, is you know their name and and, and with Kanye and just and from his album and all that type of stuff like. Uh, I wanted to experience it. And I had a great time, man. It was, uh, it I'm was, happy to hear it was that. legit. So, because I said, shout you, out to him. That's one thing Jack says. You know, we get, we don't have to always agree with what someone's saying, but we keep that line of respect. You know, what mm -hmm. I mean, I think just in culture today, it, the disrespect is crazy. And be able to sit down and have a conversation too. That's right? it. Like that's, get to know that them. part of it is yeah, being able to open that door and and have some actual progress. Because if not, we're just gonna sit on the other side of the line and just yell at each other mm -hmm. the whole time, or like cast judgment to talk you know some trash about you and, and nothing's gonna happen so for him to put himself out there too that's the thing for me like yeah. that's huge mm -hmm. so i'm rooting for him what are you listening to uh, right now what's the top five artists mm. i still rock with lupe fiasco mm -hmm. I, push, you know, kick push <laughs> kick push kick push um uh what's crazy is he's from charlotte too the baby is he goes hard he goes hard. he's one of the young he dudes i hard. fuck with i like huh. the baby and mm -hmm. I, I know I know high school you went to advanced high school and all that is right uh, a couple miles from where I grew up. Uh, I ain't never met he him. On fire. So wherever he's at, I ain't never met you, Tell the baby. Come on, man, Let's, you gotta go fuck with. We Steve. gotta do something, man. Yeah, Seven oh four is we we're, like we're doing things right now. I can't now. believe so y'all haven't met. I know right. it's crazy. That's on both well, of us. I mean, That's from here now, once you meet Steph, just come fuck with our podcast. Right <laughs> yep, the baby, come on. I'll be here for yeah. But and then. I got I've, I got a Christian artist I do listen to obviously the baby and all that. There's this dude named Tarn Wells. 
Christian artist? Christian artist. Uh-huh. What's his you name? Might, Tarn Wells. Tarn Wells. I'm trying to you might not. Out. You gotta take a chance. It's just a different, different, mm-hmm. uh, a different vibe. I listen so. to a lot of the gospel, so I would. I check it out. It's a little, little new age. He got some flavor. Though. I know you got a uh, friendship with Drake. What's that like? It's. It's it's all over the place because we like because <laughs> we're bad. Yeah, friends. Don't know yeah, if we yeah, yeah, y'all brothers or what? <laughs> Honestly, uh, it's crazy because obviously it started from the first name drop he hit me with the yeah. Chef Curry with Chef the pot, Curry. right? And uh, I think I think that was like 2015. But um, you know, from there, uh, we have some connections on, and both of our families, Aisha's cousin, uh, is part of the OVO crew, and and uh, and so. Like we spent a lot of time together, and, and does he have your number tattoo on him? Yeah, 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 with, the, uh, with the halo, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. That's like the way you talk to him about that is like him respecting greatness yeah, all yeah. across the board. Whether it's some people that he just he's, all his tattoos mean it's something. Mean something, yeah. Right? So like, it's nothing corny about it. It's literally like when you appreciate paying homage. Like, yeah. yeah, paying homage. Um, that's 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 love. So uh, last year was fun because the whole Toronto. Right. Movie, Connection and all that, him talking trash on the court. Um, he was talking to me, shit. Draymond, everybody. He's good for basketball. Yeah, he is, man. Oh, I, I, I ain't gonna lie, there's a lot of talk about you know him with his antics and stuff yeah, on the sidelines yeah, and all I that. He, he dude's the owner of the team and he's yeah. passionate about what's going on here and like that's getting everybody going and it's raising the popularity of the game. As long as he ain't interfering with the actual game, like, right? Right, which he won't. Yeah, right. <laughs> he ain't gonna do that. So, uh, I called him after the finals. Yeah. I was hot. I was, it was, I, I, I personal at all or. No, I was just mad because we lost, mm-hmm. but I was trying to like yeah, congratulate because I'm not his team, and he right. it, I mean, it hurt. Did oh, it? It hurt. It's <laughs> hard. Like, God damn it, congratulations! <laughs> I'm over here laugh crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Though, oh, man. Man. it was fun. Though. He he shows love all the time. So, tell me what it's like when you started hearing like being dropped in songs, like with different artists dropping your name in the song. What was that like? It was fun, man. Cause anywhere you go, like they people, you hear that they wouldn't call you a name no more. But oh, chef Curry with, with the, the pot, pot yeah. <laughs> um, So I, I I can't keep a tab on how many times it's happened since then. But that was like the the first one that actually you know uh, you know changed 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 that status a little bit. Uh, the, my favorite one though is hilarious. Cardi B got the one with me and Aisha. She's like, I want to get married like the Curry, mm-hmm. Steph, and Aisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that choice yeah. for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. dope. Steph and Aisha. <laughs> there you go, yeah. standing that example. Like Belly, Tommy, Keisha. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, what's that's, up. that's my favorite joint, though. That's one of her biggest songs, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's hard. But before we get out of here, we got a couple quick hitters. Um, all time, you're starting five. You all time. Include yourself if you want. Oh, uh, you asked me right now. They asked me when I'm done playing, but right now, oh, that's crazy. Mm. I think I've answered this before. I'm probably gonna have a different different that's starting okay. lineup. So we're gonna go Magic, Michael, Larry. Uh, ooh, wait, <laughs> Shaq. Only one more spot. Let me make sure I got all my positions. Magic, PG, yep. Michael, shooting guard, Larry, small forward. Oh. Any power forward? Yep. Tim Duncan. Of course. Mm. How Tough. how can you not? Yeah. Tough. Uh, name, give me three of the most underrated players you played against. Ooh, I like that question. <laughs> most underrated players. I like players. that question. Uh, Mike Conley, Drew Holiday. Mm. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a good one. I played with Mike one. Conley. Mm. 
Seth Curry. Seth Curry. I like that. I like that. <laughs> What's that like? You know what I mean? Because you, you know what I mean? I, you took the small road, school road and became a superstar. He took the, you know, major school and then it's taken him a while, but he's starting to find his footing. But what's crazy about Seth is like a step before Duke, he was at Liberty uh, University. I didn't even in know that. Lynchburg, he? Virginia. And he okay. played his freshman year there. I think they're like the Big South Conference. He was leading the, uh, I believe it was the nation in his freshman scoring. And then teams started playing like crazy janky defenses against him because his teammate, his, the talent on his, on his squad was was mm-hmm. okay, but everybody was just trying to take him out of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, I can't get better here if they're going to play boxing one or triangle two mm-hmm. on me the whole game. So he proved himself at Liberty. Coach K came calling. Uh, so he transferred to Duke, played there for three years. Um, and he had an injury his senior year. He had some uh, shin fracture, so he missed the whole draft process. Uh, pre-draft process he didn't get drafted and had to go the, the D League at the time mm-hmm. the G League route mm-hmm. and for him like to have like the crazy ups and downs like small D1 school Duke G League back to getting some 10-day contracts and then finally established himself as an NBA player and now you know, fast forward five years the man just got a mm-hmm. got some bread like, yeah, so, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and he earned every bit of it and so yeah. uh, that part of it's just so much fun to watch because it's your brother. He's my guy, and, and like <laughs> I'm his biggest fan in everything that he does. And you know, you always you want him just get an opportunity because I know what type of player he is, and he mm-hmm. can help. He he's supposed to be in the NBA, and and to think last year we were in West Conference Finals, we're playing against each right. other, and my parents up there and just nervous and crying and emotional and all that. It was it was unbelievable. So. Yeah, no, no, I saw him laugh when he plucked you that time. Oh my god. <laughs> he, he, I had like. Talk about turnovers and my mom getting handbags. He was a he was responsible for about five hundred. Right? <laughs> Cost you some money. Yeah. Don't nobody know your game better yeah. than your brother. No, no, my brother never played in the NBA, but to this day, he one person I cannot beat in one on one, dog. Crazy. For some reason, it is crazy. Uh, current player that reminds you of yourself? Anybody? Uh, I mean, a little bit of Trey. He's 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 more uh, baby he got, stuff. Yeah, he, he's got he's got he's got that element. Uh, that's about it, I think. That's all I could think yeah, of, either Trey. Trey, that's all I could think of. That's about it. Last question. Taking you and your team out of the picture, who 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 do you think who who do you think will be in the finals this year? No, no. Leave your team in the picture. <laughs> keep it real. Leave your team in the picture. Who <laughs> you think, yeah, I ain't winning this shit. Just keep it real. I ain't winning this year. Ain't no need to sugarcoat the shit, man. That's our little brother. He know what time it is. Leave y'all team in there. Take his team out. Leave the motherfuckers in there. Know what time it is. It's just what it is, man. Y'all, y'all need a break, man. Y'all been playing oh, basketball shit. for the last 50 years. Tell them. All the oh, way to the shit. finals, y'all need a break. But real, realistic. Oh, Leave your man. team in there. Yeah. <laughs> y'all ain't doing shit. Ask the question again. Can you rephrase this question, please? <laughs> Who's winning it this year? With his team in there. Don't take them out. I'm going to say... If I was betting right now, betting, I man. can't. I can't bet. Right. Don't come get me, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But if I if I had to if I had to pick right now, I mean, it'd be the Lakers and Milwaukee, just because they playing the best solid, right now. I mean, solid. Solid. And I would watch every game of that series. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah. They are. They got it right now. AD. Tim Duncan on steroids. <laughs> Steph, we appreciate it, man. Thank you for yes, your time. Yes, sir. I can't wait to get that headline. Yeah, Steph Curry thinks the Lakers yeah. and the Milwaukee Bucks going to be in the <laughs> <laughs>
And that's a wrap, man. Episode 13 with my brother. Yes, sir. We did it again. Hey, you were funny this episode. Man, hey, you know. You was on your shit. Man, appreciate it. You've been killing me thank, all year. I want to thank Matt Barnes for the 2017 NBA championship. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. They wouldn't have won it without Matt. Uh-uh. It wasn't though. I was over there cheering my ass off. Cheering my ass off. Yo, I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> he been killing me all year. He been killing That's me. That's what I said. You was on your shit yeah, today. You got me, me back. That's the first no time. Comebacks all and the, the fucked up part was I said, oh, well, you be setting you yourself. Set I that set up. myself yeah. up for too 13th episode. I finally got a funny joke in. Shit. <laughs> he got me. But anyways, that's a wrap. Episode 13. Trece. All the smoke. Steph Curry. We appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, bro. You can find the Showtime Basketball YouTube channel or all platforms streaming podcasts. All of them. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories.